Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for being here, my friends. Sorry for the delay. Sorry for I am actually pretty sick right now. Uh, <clears throat> I got a. I think my wife gave me a cold. She got it really bad for a week and it finally hit me, I guess. So I'm working with a headache, a stuffy nose, all that good stuff. Good thing it's not COVID. But anyway, we are going to have a great show for you today, my brothers and my sisters. How is everybody doing? Everybody's doing fine, I hope. Welcome aboard. AVQ, Bridge MCP, Mike Cisak, Melanie Keelan from Barcelona, Spain, Tom Charlie, Tom C., Lee Grant, uh, we also have in the house uh, no other than, I saw her, I saw her, Yvette Avery Herod. How you doing, Yvette? Great to see you here. And am I missing it? Alistair Waters also in the house. And if I missed anybody, forgive me. Michael has a long thing for me to read. Michael, I'm so damn tired, but I'm going to read it, my brother. I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it. Headache and all. Anyway. <clears throat> Wake up, Egberto. Imagine for a moment that any precious president other than Trump had posted a threat to shut down the free press as retribution for criticizing them. He threatened MSNBC. It would be headline national news for a month. Yesterday, Trump did exactly that, and it barely got any coverage. Brian Class at The Atlantic tweeted, Trump continues his deranged authoritarian outburst which due to the banality of crazy will garner virtually no mainstream media coverage. Americans deserve, Americans deserve, no, uh, uh, wait, Americans deserve to know this stuff. Trump's authoritarianism is the most important political story in America. And nothing else is close. David Axelrod, former advisor to Obama's White House, tweeted, I think we owe it to Trump to take his word seriously. He would use the power of government to punish media outlets who do critical reporting about him. Where former Fox News host tweeted, as journalists, we need to take Trump's threats to come down hard on and make them pay seriously and stop covering him like a normal candidate. Zank Yukor of Uger of Young uh, the Young Turks tweeted, Trump said the government should come down hard on MSNBC because they criticized him. Are Republicans still pretending to be in favor of free speech? Or the Constitution, this guy wants to be a dictator so bad. No, you can't shut down the press because they hurt your feeling. Bruce Heyman, former U.S. ambassador to Canada, tweeted, The thing with Trump is he tells you exactly what he will do if he's president again. Mediate comprehensive coverage. Look, like we said, we have to do it here because the mainstream media is not going to do it. Thank you for putting that out there, Michael. I, co I took the story. I was going to cover the story, but I didn't put it in the stuff for today. So thank you so kindly for doing so. Rolling Stone, Henry Kissinger, war I'm not reading that. I, Henry Kissinger is going to get my blood pressure up high. That's just an evil, evil being. You guys can read it on your own. Um, uh, let's see what else we got here. Um, yeah, when I, when I go back and think about Cambodia and all of that and the Amer amount of dead Americans, I'm sorry. I can't do it. I can't do it. I feel too sick today to do that. All right, let's see what 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 uh, Bridge wants me to put on the screen. I think she wants me to muzzle Trump. Is that what it is to muzzle Trump? Let's go ahead and put that on the screen as she requested. So we are muzzling Trump. Check it out, and it hasn't started blinking yet. So let's be happy about that. Uh, what else have we got? What else have we got? Tom C says, "Add some Latin for I am here." 
Well, add some, senor. Or I'm glad that you're here, Tom C. All right, Bridge MCP, I went and watched your video link from yesterday. Okay. I'm moving on. Uh, let's see what else we have here. I'm moving on, moving on. I have a long video on, on the Medicare that I was supposed to show yesterday that I didn't. Uh, and so what I'm going to do is after reading the last question here or statement, I'm going to play that. It's going to give me a little respite here because, like I said, I feel terrible. But <clears throat> let's get with the program. Uh, Lee Grant says, another battle in our new, new civil war. Annual New York City Christmas tree lighting disrupted mostly peaceful pro-Palestinian demonstrator. It's a free country. I think it's okay for them to do that. Question, totally understand the idea of humanity, but why isn't our government and media asking about the following? Since 2014, the Chinese uh, government has subjected Uyghurs uh, living in Xi'an to widespread, and by the way, I've been to Xi'an, to widespread human rights abuses, including forced sterilization and labor force, in that it has described as genocide or rapes and deaths. Yeah, we should talk about that too. We should also talk about our own. You know, there are a lot of things that we probably should atone for as well, right? Eric, I think you acknowledge that. Are there a lot of bad things that the United States did right here on U.S. soil, Eric? Would you want China to teach its kids about what we've done as well? Think about it and let's talk about it after I play the Medicare Advantage piece that I did at KPFT yesterday. I need a little break. I'm getting a little bit winded from the skull. Here we go. Check it out. So let me first explain a few things about Medicare. Medicare didn't come into B because government wanted to handle the payment of your health care, even though my philosophy is health care belongs with the government. My philosophy, I'll just say it straight out, is that health care belongs with government. And here's why I believe it. Government is not some crazy entity. Government is we, the people. Now, when you go buy a pizza, if you don't like what Pizza Hut is selling, you can go to Papa John's. You can go or you can say, I don't like any of these pizzas. I'm just not going to buy the pizza. I'm going to go ahead and buy me a sandwich. And if the sandwich prices are too high, you'll just go ahead and say, I'll buy me a loaf of bread. I'll buy me some Vienna sausage and some cheese and I'll make me a Vienna cheese sausage sandwich. I have those choices. These are choices that I can make. Those things belong in the private sector where I can get a whole ton of different types of pizzas, where I can get a whole ton of different types of sandwiches. That belongs in the private sector. I want a car. Do I want an electric car? Do I want a car that's red, pink, blue? That belongs in the private sector. However, if I'm driving down the road and get into an accident and I break my leg and I break my neck, that does not belong in the private sector. Several reasons, because at that point in time, I don't have a choice. I have to get health care for my neck. I've got to get health care for my arm. So therefore, whoever is going to provide that service can charge me whatever the hell they want to charge me because I am in a state where I'm at a must. Right. 
And not only that, most of the technology used in healthcare, I repeat, most of the technology used in healthcare was designed and provided to you by research dollars you as a taxpayer already paid for. I know you see all the ads that tell you the reason why we have healthcare or private healthcare and white so high is because research, uh, we have to research and we have to test drugs. Most of that is a lie, a provable lie. Most of these companies, their largest budget is in advertising, is in marketing, is in bonuses. A little bit of that money goes to research and development. Most of the research and development monies generally comes from you, the government, you, your taxpayer dollars. There's not a question about this. There's all a fidgety math that they like to use, but ultimately, we the people, government, pays for that that drug that Moderna is making a lot of money on for COVID. You know who paid for most of the research on that drug? You did. Your uh, uh, RNA technology did appear out of magic a one year after COVID was instantiated by some great company who created this drug. That's not how it happened. Moderna had our mRNA technology that was funded by the government for decades, and, and COVID was a great test case to put it into action. Okay? And the testing of all of that for it and COVID is what occurred at lightning speed. The technology proper did not come at lightning speed. It was developed over decades and decades of research dollars that you paid for. Okay. We're talking about Medicare Advantage, but I need to give some background. Okay. Now, now, why do I say healthcare belongs with the government? Again, it's because at that point, you don't have choices. And likewise, we already paid for much of this. Now, but we allowed private insurance. The, the politicians were bribed, all of that. We allowed private insurance to take care of these issues. Good. Private insurance meant what? It meant that I am going to take a chance on you paying me a certain amount of money every month, and I'm going to make the bet that you won't get sick or enough of you that are paying me a bunch of money every month won't get sick enough that I have to spend all the money that you pay me in premiums into getting you healthy again. That's what insurance is. It's a company making a bet and you making a bet. You are betting that you are going to get sick and that insurance company is going to pay more than you are paying that insurance company. And that insurance company is making a bet that they are going to pay less 
for your health care than what you're paying in premium. And in the aggregate, that is exactly what happens. They have actuarial tables that say, if I have a thousand people, about a hundred of them are going to get sick. If I And that the cost of that hundred is going to be X amount of dollars. I charge more in premium for collecting that X amount of dollars and all of the whatever I don't pay out to, to get you healthy goes into the pockets of the shareholders of the private insurance company and into bonuses for the executives. That's the insurance, the private insurance model. But there's a funny thing about health. As we get older, we in the aggregate, we get sicker. As we get older, we get sicker. And as we get sicker, it costs more money for us to get healthy. So insurance companies, because they are a profit engine, insurance companies are not there to do a good deed. There, when, I, that's why it drives me crazy when somebody says, I love my insurance company. Your insurance company was not designed to make you feel good or to do good by you. Your insurance company was a business model to make money for a few people who own that insurance company or a few executives, even in the nonprofit insurance companies, a few executives who run that company and the bonuses they get for spending less than they take in. All right, because that extra money goes to the shareholders and it goes to the executives. Insurance companies are not there. So you're not there to like your insurance company. You're there to make sure your insurance company pays the bill. Nothing more, nothing less. It's a transaction. There's no love there. But insurance companies decades ago, they realized we can't make money on on old people. So we don't insure old people. Or if we insure old people, we charge them an arm and a leg. Now steps in the government. We the people. We the people says, now, since the private insurance company won't take care of our old people, you know, the government is always left with the things that are expensive. The government is always left with the things that the private sector doesn't want to do or doesn't find profitable or they can't make a good dollar on. So Medicare came into existence. Medicare came into existence and it started out just for old people and then it changed into taking care of more, more things. But Medicare came into existence because the private sector would not insure all of you old people because you cost too much and they would have to have a too high a premium and a lot of people would go without paying the premiums and just die. And they want to take your money before you die. Otherwise, there's no money for them to take. So they, they, they let it, they allow it to slide. Let the government take care of people over 65 years old. So they created Medicare. And what Medicare did is Medicare paid 80-20, just like standard insurance companies. You, they, you pay, they pay 80% of the bill. Now, a lot of co- companies now, a lot of doctors will just take the 80 and, and they know that people are struggling and they may not take the, tw- the, the 20%. They may forgive or they may take your house. I'm, I'm kidding, but you get it. 
80-20 is what standard Medicare pay for. And while senators like Bernie Sanders and others have been trying to get Medicare to cover dental uh, uh, vision and ears, the private sector paid off senators not to give those services so that they would have a selling point for Medicare advantage. Let me stop a second. Medicare uh, did not provide those services as baseline. In other words, uh, they gave you great health care. You can go to any doctor. You can have any medicine. You can go to any hospital under standard Medicare. So how is the private sector going to come in now? They see it as a lucrative market. The baby boomers are getting old. That's a bunch of people to insure. Imagine if we could get back into that market. It would be a pana, it would be a landslide of money. Okay? And that's what they did. They paid off the government to create Medicare Part C. Let's back up. Medicare Part A, hospitalization. Medicare Part B, doctors, or the reverse, I don't quite remember. It's, it's given, you, you get that, that, that standard Medicare. Then, of course, you have Medicare Part D, you pay for, for drugs, and, and, and then you get a Medigap to pay the 20%, right? And you have private insurance that would take over that gap for you. And if you get that private insurance at the time that you get Medicare for the first time at 65 they have to give you Medigap and they have to give you Medigap at a, at a reasonable price, what the, co- the co- current price is for everybody. But here's the kicker. The private sector sees, smells blood. Johnny, I'm coming to you, but I need to finish this narrative. The private sector, the private sector goes ahead and they see money. Oh, how can we scam again? How can we scam again? And they say, uh, wait a minute, I can go ahead and tell the government for every old person, let's categorize them into three, kind of sick, very sick, extraordinarily sick. And you give me a fixed amount of dollars for any one of those, for each one of those people that decide to voluntarily leave Medicare standard, meaning traditional Medicare, and come to Medicare Advantage, the private sector insurance. In other words, Medicare Part C, uh, Medicare Advantage, it's not Medicare at all. It is just private insurance paid for by our Medicare dollars. Again, Medicare, standard Medicare is paid for by the government and you pay for what you use. Medicare Advantage is private sector healthcare, just like your standard private insurance that always gives you trouble to get healthcare where you have to beg to get healthcare. All right. So they created Medicare Advantage, Medicare Part C. And they charge the government a fixed amount of money for a whole pool of people. So everybody that signed up for Humana, everybody that signed up for Cigna, everybody that under their Medicare Advantage plan, the government is giving them X amount of dollars for each person. That's why you see between now and December 7th, commercials and ads everywhere on TV. They are spending billions of dollars 
on trying to get you. That shows you how lucrative it is. Billions of dollars to try to get you to leave traditional Medicare to go into private sector healthcare instead so that they, for each person that they get, they build the government, either you being sick, very sick, or very, 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 very sick. And what they try to do is classify you as very, very sick to the government so that they get more money for you. At the same time, they give you the treatment of being somebody not very sick. That's how they make their money. And how do they advertise to you? They go on TV and at, no, at nauseum, they fool you. They first make you believe that Medicare Advantage is Medicare. It is not. That you have all kind of great features with Medicare. It may seem like that at the beginning. Think about this. To get you in there, even buying you groceries. They're giving you club memberships. They'll give you a, a, a stipend to get some groceries. That's not what you want healthcare for. Healthcare is not to get you groceries. Healthcare is just that, healthcare. And because they stopped the government from giving you vision, uh, ears, and dental, they also put that together, but they don't tell you that there's a very small limit to your dental. After a while, you can't, you can't spend over a certain amount. Have you been to a dentist lately? And then they also do the same for your, your ears. I mean, it, it is a racket. It's a scam. Now, there are people who love it because they don't have co-pays. The guy, one of my, my um, good friends who call and says, I love my Medicare. I don't have co-pays. He's doing fine. But here's my brother. He, he eats very, very healthy. He's thin. He's in great shape. He's older. Of course, he doesn't need a lot of coverage. So to him, the little coverage that they give him is great because, again, he stays here in Houston. That's how it is, right? So it works for him because standard Medicare or Medicare Advantage would work for him, right? But for most people, and I'm, when I say most people, that's what I mean. Most people are so programmed that if the insurance company tells me I need this, then I get it. If they tell me I just don't need it, I do without. If my doctor thinks I need a particular service and the insurance company doesn't think so, I am I'm doomed. I do without. Medicare Advantage then comes and again, they control what doctor you can see, what medicine you can get, how often you can get it. All these things are controlled by them. People always say, I don't want government controlling what I do. The ironic thing is that under standard traditional Medicare, the government controls nothing. Your doctor does. Under Medicare Advantage, some private exec, and now they're using AI to kind of deny you coverage. That's what they're using now. AI to deny you coverage based on stats and all these kinds of things. So that is the reason why, to the listener, why I, I promise you that Medicare Advantage is a scam. If you like it now, wait a few months or wait a few years. Wait till you get an illness worth, uh, worth true insurance and you'll see what we're talking about when we talk about the fraud that is Medicare Advantage. And remember this, all frauds have honey. All frauds have honey. We have to find a way to entice you to come. We have to try to find a way to indoctrinate you. It is imperative that we do that or else we don't get you. But for every one of you that we get, 
Some salesmen get a bunch of money. The salesperson that's convincing you when you go to your navigator and they tell you, uh, well, you know, this Medicare Advantage plan for your financial situation is better. Da, 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 da. You know, they, they, they convince you. They have a financial reason to convince you to take something that's a fraud, a scam. And you know who pays for it? And you know what? It bankrupts. It bankrupts all of us, whether we are 65 or younger. Because we constantly have to pay more to pass all that money to the advertising that you see on TV every single second of the day. We have to pay all the money to those executives. We have to pay all that money to the shareholders so that they can make a dollar off of you. And we, the taxpayer, subsidize these corporate fiends. It's a fraud. And yes, it works for some. Yes, it works for some, but in the aggregate, it falls on its weight, just like private health insurance right now for most. They either don't have it as if like here in Texas, where it's the highest uninsured rate for people under 65. Or it's a fraud on you. So that's the explanation I wanted to give on Medicare Advantage. If If I was not clear, if I was fuzzy. If I need to uh, clarify something, the phone lines are wide open. Call me at uh, 281-823-7747. If you have questions, uh, it's 281-823-7747. Also, when I talk about these problems, I like to have solutions. And of course, I had solutions in my book, uh, How to Make America Utopia, uh, and, and, and also in the book, uh, As I See It. But here's the deal, folks. A lot of us throw our hands up in the air and say, what choice do I have? I have to take Medicare Advantage because it has no co- some, of, some plans have no co-pays, et cetera. I am poor. That's all I can do. It, if that is all you can do, that's all you can do. It means that you have substandard health care, but that's all you can do. You, you have some sort of health care. But what we want to do is have a bigger picture, people. What we want to do is see past the horizon, people. What we want to do is stop being victims. What we want to do is stop being indoctrinated. In the room, our chat room filled with people, you will always have a select group of people that their indoctrination is limitless. In other words, they will go ahead and fight for the man. They would fight for a corporation. They would fight for an institution that doesn't give a flying you-know-what about them. We can't wait for them. We can't sit back and say, oh, let's just try to convince them. And we can't allow them to break the resolve. Because when I speak to people all over last night until midnight or just before midnight, we were in a Democratic meeting getting ready to sanction a Democrat in name only. In other words, somebody in the party that was spouting Republican indoctrinative type policies that hurt people. It is where we have to go. This is not complaining for the sake of complaining. I am not having politics done right for the sake of just having politics done right. I'm using this platform and by the way, it's not only this platform, this is our live platform from where we derived a lot of what we speak about, but now we are on Media Watch. 
We're also on, and, and by the way, all of this is done on a volunteer basis. We are now on Newsbreak. Look up newsbreak.com. We will see our, our material flushed on through all these networks, educating people. You'll see us on YouTube, Instagram, uh, uh, chat, uh, 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 all of them, TikTok, everywhere. The idea is we have to go beyond the mainstream media. We have to go beyond all these places to start getting people involved and understanding it's not just about complaining, but it's about getting off your butt and doing something. This morning, uh, one of our callers on KPFT called and he said, Egberto, I am afraid. I'm afraid that Trump gets elected. I'm afraid what happens to the country. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. I stopped him cold. I said, I don't want to ever hear out of your mouth again that you are afraid of anything. That is the goal. That is what they would like you to be afraid. What I want you to do is to remember and talk to everybody. And some, you're going to run into some people like you have in, in, in our chat here that they are, they are immutable. It doesn't matter how much truth and fact-based information with, with relevant stuff to instruct them goes, they will still, because of several prejudices within themselves that many of them don't realize themselves, they will maintain the status quo because it makes them feel the world is against them and somehow they have to toe the line of the corporate state that is screwing them. We can't wait for them, people. We have to move forward. And we move forward every election cycle. And I'm not talking every two years. Elections occur over and over again several times a year. There are, board, uh, there are school board elections on odd days, on odd times. There, there are elections continuously in this country. You have to remain engaged and you can't be afraid. And likewise, if Trump somehow... I want Trump to, people are trying to take Trump off the ballot in several states. Can it? Drop it. I want Trump on the ballot. I want Trump on the ballot on all 50 states and all of our territories. Why do I want it? The rest of the world sees what Trump turned us into, and they see us as a laughing stock. Because of who? Because we actually chose somebody like Trump to be our leader. All right, we Americans, enough America. We have an we have a fraudulent democratic system that allow a minority of Americans to elect an on a, a, a dumb person, a a evil person. We allowed that election to occur because of this great democracy have very bad policy within the, its own constitution that, allow, that even though most of the country is intelligent, allows a Donald Trump to become president. So why now do I want Donald Trump on the ballot? The only way we are going to garner our respect again, you know, the, uh, when Biden won, they looked and they said, well, we dodged a bullet. Biden won. Somebody other than that buffoon won. But then they looked at the internals. 
and they realize that Biden won by less votes than Hillary lost. Biden won, yes, by 7 million popular votes, but had 40,000 votes changed in three states, it would be welcome President Trump again with a minority vote while 7 million overvote in popular vote. Hillary lost uh, one, three million votes more than Trump, but she lost by 80,000 votes. Biden lost by a uh, one by 40,000 votes. That's a, an aberration. That's a constitutional aberration. The same type of constitutional aberration that we have by having two senators for every state, irrespective of the size of the state. That's not a real democracy. That's not even a representative democracy. That is a democracy. That is a, that is a government created to keep landowners in power. Okay? Let's remember that. So going forward, folks, I want you all to know this uh, because I know some people get frustrated in our chat. They get frustrated as we have people not with different. It's not that they have different opinions. It's that they have immutable opinions even when the opinions are proven factually incorrect. You can't do anything about that. They have to feel the pain themselves. They have to lose family members. They have, and even some of them who lose family members continue with the idiocy. We can't help that. We got to move forward. So if you, if you could only afford Medicare Advantage because you had no co-pays or you didn't have to buy Medigap or any of that, I understand it. But you have to stay on board. You have to stay on board pushing the Medicare for all or healthcare for all policies. You have to stay on board voting. You have to stay on board supporting institutions that are there to build us up. And if I may put a plug in for my own program, we need to support programs like this that's out there doing the work. I want to show you guys my latest endeavor uh, I, I, uh, uh, coming up. Uh, there's a there's a new a, a platform called Newsbreak, and this is where we're doing a whole lot of shorts. The attention span of many people short now. So Newsbreak uh, have a new a new platform where they're trying to reach people with a whole lot of one minute clips, and I joined them, and you know I have over a million views on this thing already. We can make a difference. We can make a difference we have to make a difference and what i'm saying and i'm going to put that plug in right here before i continue with the program support us support us there are many ways to support us and not only my not only politics done right but other organizations that are doing this type of work to make sure that what the mainstream media is unwilling or unable to do that we are doing it as well. So please sign up for our newsletter and think about becoming a paid a paid supporter of our newsletter. It's like buying a coffee a month for what we do. And I know many of you would say, "Huh? You mean I just have to buy you a, a Starbucks or a or or a Dunkin' or a coffee a month and and I I am helpful to the cause?" Yeah, that's all it takes. We have the numbers. We just need to have our numbers doing the support, right? So please consider going to, and let me, oh, so it looks like my, my stuff ain't working here. 
Yeah, go to politicsandright.com slash newsletter and consider supporting what we do here by becoming a paid. I mean, it's, the newsletter is free, guys. You're going to get a newsletter every day. It's, it's free. But, but you get, by, by, by becoming a paid subscriber of our newsletter, you help us out. And, as, and in return, what do we do? We say, hey, every book that I write is going to be online at Substack where our newsletter is hosted, and you get to read all of my books. And every subsequent book that I write, as long as you're a subscriber, you can read. The, you will have access to it. And I have, I have five books out, three more books. Right. Alistair Waters, thank you so kindly for that super chat. She says, let's keep moving forward, y'all. Thank you for that super chat, Alistair Waters. You are blessed, my, my dear sister. Likewise, folks. There are many different ways. Alistair just decided to, I am going to support Politics Done Right, and she did it as a super chat. You can also go to politicsdoneright.com slash support and find any way possible. We have a lot of different ways in which you can support the program. A lot of different ways to support the program. Uh, and and, and this, this way, by going to politicsdoneright.com, oops. Look at, oh, whoa, whoa, that, <laughs> I, I have a double bounce on my keyboard. Let me do it, try this again. Politicsdoneright.com slash support is the way to support the program. Politicsdoneright.com slash support. That was a double bounce, guys. Anyhow, um, let me read some of the, the, the chat that we have in here because, uh, uh, you know, I got onto my soapbox and you know what can happen. Michael Rudden says, Egberto, we are the only country in the world where direct-to-consumer healthcare ads are allowed, and it is shameful. You're so right about that. Brisa Egberto, Empire in New York has merged with Medicare for drug costs, so Medicare pays first. Where just started uh, this. This stuff about mixing government and private sector is a thuggery, thuggery, thuggery act. It's a way of us transferring our tax dollars to the profit of a few. We got to stop this private sector merger with the with the public sector. It's just wrong. E2247, thank you for all that good information that you're providing. As usual, E2247, you're a cherished member. Carol Sanders, welcome aboard, my dear sis. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Um, I'm scrolling down. I'm scrolling down. Uh, I'm all, today, and by the way, today, I'm only reading fact-based information. If you're if you're spewing crap from uh, right wing stuff, today is not the day. My head hurts. I'm feeling sick. I'm not going to do it today, my brothers and my sisters. I still love you, but I'm not going to do it. It is time for us to get serious. It is time for us to get busy. I'm not going to do it. All right, let's see. Paravet, 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 paravet. I tell you what. Let me go ahead and play uh, Cassidy Hutchinson. Cassidy Hutchinson is not a liberal. Kathy Hutchinson is not a, is not a progressive. Kathy Hutchinson is a true right-wing Republican. But she saw the light. She saw the light. One would hope that more of you adult men could become real men like this woman has become a real woman an intelligent woman, a woman who says, I will make a difference. So let's get busy. 
Let's listen to her sister, uh, Miss Cassidy Hutchinson. Lawrence O'Donnell sure did a good job of showing that all the sycophants, grown men, and some women who work for Donald Trump, their sycophancy puts them uh, puts Trump ahead of America's democracy. But it took a twenty-something-year-old young woman to really have the prescient statement. What do we need to do in these next few months to save our democracy? And it sure means not electing Donald Trump. Take a listen to this and then we'll take it on the other side. If I thought it would make a difference, I'd be more willing to do it. But you're taking a lot of financial risks and I haven't seen any evidence it really matters. Those words were spoken by someone quoted in a Washington Post article yesterday about former Trump White House and Trump administration officials who know Donald Trump should not be president again. Some of them, like Trump's second White House chief of staff, John Kelly, allowed their names to be used opposing Donald Trump's election. But many of them were afraid to allow their names to become public, like the man I just quoted. And we know he's a man because The Washington Post referred to him that way. Another prominent former official said he was debating whether speaking out would lead to clients dropping him. Clients. That means he's a lawyer or a lobbyist or both. And that means those clients very likely provide him with an income in the millions of dollars, an income that for him is apparently more important than his conscience or his sense of duty. Cassidy Hutchinson is 26 years old and has no clients to lose. She was 25 years old when she decided to do what the unnamed sources in the Washington Post are afraid of doing. Tell the truth about Donald Trump and her boss, White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows, to the January 6th committee. She has told the story of how she became the star witness against Donald Trump in her best-selling book titled Enough. Here's what Cassie Hutchinson said last night to Jen Psaki about the rich men who served in the Trump White House who know that Donald Trump should never be president again, but for whom nothing Donald Trump says or does to destroy the Constitution is enough to provoke them to come forward and publicly tell the truth about Donald Trump. I think about and the Washington Post put out a good story today about that, Jen. And there's a, there are a few particular quotes that stuck out to me, but towards the last half of the article, there were former Trump aides, anonymous former Trump aides, but I will point out that they were given masculine pronouns. Mm. So namely, if primarily men who were speaking at the Washington Post mm-hmm. anonymously about how they might want to speak out if he is the nominee or they don't think it's worth speaking out because they'll lose clients. Mm-hmm. And what I'll say to them, you know, I, I do understand a fear of retribution. I do fear backlash. I, I do understand their fear of, of backlash. But when we think about this next election in 2024, I don't like to play a doomsday hypothesis, mm-hmm. but it does look like he is going to be the Republican nominee mm-hmm. as of right now. If Donald Trump is elected president again in 2024, 
I do fear that it will be the last election where we're voting for democracy because if he is elected again, I don't think that we'll be voting under the same constitution that we would be if we are vote if Joe Biden is elected in 2024. I will say my door is completely shut to voting for Donald Trump. And the only reason that I will not endorse a candidate right now is because I still am hopeful that Donald Trump does not end up being the nominee next year. I think our country will be in a much better place overall, not just for myself, but the ticket and the future of our country will be. But what I will say too, though, is I think everybody should vote for Joe Biden if they want our democracy to survive. Cassidy Hutchinson, she's no progressive. She's no Democrat. She's no liberal. She is a very conservative woman who still believes in the tenets of republicanism, old republicanism. Well, not old, Reagan type republicanism, a type of republicanism that I am anathema towards. I mean, but above and beyond all of that, she saw the reality country first, democracy first. Something that grown men that one would believe could have the courage to say, I am not going to go that go through that rabbit hole that takes us into fascism, where I myself, these grown men, would suffer as well. Will it turn out that the people who save our democracy are the ones that we least would have ever expected to save it? Let's see. Now, I, I want to say something. It's not just Trump, however. So everybody listening to me uh, right now, both in podcasts, on Newsbreak, and everywhere else, Trump is only the instantiation of a particular group of people, a sect in this country that share those beliefs. So whether Trump is elected or not, if we still have Mike Johnson as Speaker of the House, we still have a threat. If we still have El Señor Cruz from Texas, Ted Cruz, we still have a problem. If we still have uh, uh, Grassley, we still have a problem. Because these are all fascists. These are all guys that were a part of the coup. So when we talk about not electing Donald Trump for the presidency, that's just the beginning. But remember, the fascism faction of the country remains, whether Donald Trump is elected or not. And as such, we have to make sure for the time being, for the time being, wherever a Republican has the possibility of being elected, it is imperative that you vote the Democratic ticket. If there is a viable third party, whether that be a justice Democrat, whether that be a Green Party, whether that be any type of party other than the Republican Party, as many of the ex well, they're not ex-Republicans, they're Republicans in waiting for their party. That party has got to be destroyed. That party has got to be destroyed. I'm not talking about the people or the, the people who call themselves Republicans. I'm talking about the leadership of the fascist wing of that party who has taken over that party. It must end. 
And the only way it ends is right now. And in this next election, we need to have a clear and present wipeout. A clear and present wipeout of the current Republican Party. So please remember, doesn't, it doesn't end or it doesn't start with Donald Trump. But we need to cut the head of the snake off, which is, in fact, Donald Trump. So, folks, let's remember that. All right. I got a big story for you. And this should give all of us in America hope. And it starts in my little country of Panama. It's a huge story that has not really made it to America the way it should based on its implications. And I want you to listen to this. And, and so don't leave me yet. I want you to listen to this. It's on uh, Common Dreams Played It. I had some interviews set up with some Panamanian officials, but since the Panamanian Supreme Court came in the defense of the people, I no longer need it. But here it is. Huge win for the planet as Panama court shuts down massive mine. The people have spoken and expressed that they don't want more mines, that they want sustainable economic development and have no intention of destroying the country for profit. Check this out. Indigenous and environmental campaigners this week hailed a landmark win for the rights of nature movement, the Panamanian Supreme Court's unanimous ruling that the contract for the Cobre Mineral mine, one of the world's largest, is unconstitutional and must be shut down. One of the largest mines in the world, in a third world country, forced to shut down. The November 24 ruling against Minera Panama a subsidiary of the Canadian company First Quantum Minerals followed weeks of nationwide protests against the open pit mine, which began operations in 2019 and where mainly copper, gold, silver, molybdenum are extracted. Opponents say the mine threatens area water supplies. A gunman shot and killed two people at a protest against the mine earlier this month. It was an, Amer an American born on the Panama Canal Zone. He got pissed that the Panamanians were trying to protect their country, so he shot two of them that were blocking the highway. Point blank. I have it on tape. Last year, the Cobre mine produced over 86,000 tons of copper, approximately 1% of the world's total production out of our little tiny country. 5% of Panama's gross domestic product comes from that mine. 75% of the Central American country's export revenue comes from that mine. More than 2% of Panama's workforce is employed at that mine. What am I trying to say here, people? The Panamanian people said, yes, we are willing to feel the pain to protect the long term. We are willing to feel the pain and not worry about those rich fat cats that are going to mine our country and then run off with the money and leave us dry handed with a polluted a polluted environmental problem like we do here in America all over this country. Love Canal. And we can name all these disaster areas that corporations leave. They claim they're going to refurbish it. They mess it up and then they leave. Panama said no. Cobre, which is located in a biodiverse area on Panama's Caribbean coast, will now shut down as a result of the ruling. The Panamanian people have spoken. Kirsten Ruiz, executive director of the London-based Sustainable Development Foundation, told Monga Bay. The people have spoken and expressed that they don't want more mines. The, what, they, what they want is sustainable economic development and have, and, and have 
no intention of destroying the country for profit. I am so proud of Panama. If they can do it, if we can do it in Panama, we can do it here in the United States. We can shut down that and we can we can take short term pain to protect long term issues, to protect people from cancer, to protect the environment. Referring to his introduction of Panama's rights of nature law, Juan Diego Vasquez Gutierrez, an independent and at age 27, the youngest member of the Panama's National Assembly, said Wednesday that I am very happy to have been a part of a fundamental and it's the young people, a fundamental legal instrument to end the mental mining industry in the country. Uh, this is one of the tangible uh, effects that we must repeat in defense of the environment, thanks to this legislation. And look at what that look at what they did to Colon and Veraguas. This is my this is where I was born. This was a this is a beautiful area in the mountains on the Pan on the Atlantic coast in Panama. Strip mine. All that water from this these metals were going into our pristine rivers. Some of them are going to take 200 years to eradicate themselves. Okay. And anyway, I, uh, the article is in the blog, so you can finish reading the article there. But I can't tell you how proud I am of Panama. And this, this gave me hope. As I saw that Panamanians knew 2% of the workforce worked at the mine. They also knew 75% of their exports went to uh, came from that mine. They also knew that gold and copper and all of that came out of that mine. T to help who? Not to help Panamanians, to enrich a corporation, right? And at the same time, dirty everything else up. Viva Panama! They did the right thing. And that should be an example to our activists all over Panama. Or I'm sorry, that should be an example to our activists all over the United States, all over America. And why am I saying this? Too often we throw our hands up in the air and says, we can, uh, we can go protest, 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 protest. Nothing's going to happen. When we think about Central American countries, we think about countries that uh, dictators can take over or they can bring in the army to shut down protests, etc. This protest was a social media protest that went to the streets. All over the country, the Panama City, Colón, David, Chorrera, everywhere in Panama, we had people fighting for the rights of the country, and they won. So to the American activists, we have a lot more power than what they've had in Panama. We can shut things down here as well. We can make things happen. All right, let's see what is here. Anatomical cavern. What is that? Oh, that's uh, uh okay. Anyway, got to get out of here. It's four o'clock. Man, that got me excited. That kind of got me, even though I'm feeling sick as hell, that Panamanian story animated me. It animated me. But anyhow, folks, I want to thank you all for listening. I want to thank you all for being here. I want to ask you so kindly. I want to thank Alistair Waters for her kind contribution over uh over youtube uh, for being for that super chat alistair i know that it, it means a lot to, to me especially coming from you my dear beautiful sister thank you so kindly for that uh that contribution i want to ask others who have the wherewithal to please become supporters of the program we do good work we really really do good work we do necessary 
work we do. And I'm asking you to support us. So go to politicsandright.com slash support to provide support in whatever form you can. I ask you so kindly to subscribe to our newsletter. Yes, it is free. But if you decide to become a paid member of the newsletter, you can read all of my books in the Substack app or online for free, all five of my books and all subsequent books that I write. And I have three books right now that I'm writing at the same time as well. Please consider supporting us. Go to politicsandright.com. Whoa. Let me get, oh, there we go again. That, that, that's a double bounce. Politicsandright.com slash newsletter. Let me uh, do this again. Politicsandright.com slash newsletter. Let's see if I can do it. I had a double bounce on the keyboard. Anyway, got to get out of here. My name is Egberto Willis. I want to thank all of you guys for being here. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics and Right. And you guys know how I end this baby. I am what? Oh. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.